Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that uh, you enjoyed our last episode because we're going to do another Pastor's Perspective today. Brian, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, good, doing well. Before we jump into this, I want to tell people that we are starting our new series, The Nature of the Word. We introduced it uh, last episode, and so we just wanted to kind of make sure that uh, everyone knows that this is a really good series. It's really important, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're talking about the nature of the Word, and you know, reading the Bible is basically the most important thing that we can be doing as Christians, and so uh, we need to know what we're doing, what we're really reading, yeah. you know? So I'm excited about that, but today we're going to get into a few different topics. We're going to we're gonna talk about some kind of personal uh, things, personal-ish, um, but we're going to talk about some things that I think will apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. First, you know, just stuff that we're reading right now. So uh, do you want to kick us off with what we're yeah, reading? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's important that, um, you know, it's it. I love talking about things that I'm into, whether it's a movie or a TV show or books that I'm reading, you know, and I think it's really cool that we can discuss this. Um, some of them are probably going to be seemingly random, yeah. but some of them are really encouraging to uh, other people. You know, recently, uh, you know, I posted on my um, blog that I was been on a health journey, you know, and so yeah. the last year, a lot of what I've been reading have been books to ascertain sort of like what the, um, what the, you know, health, you know, what, what it looks like, yeah. how to, you know, how to eat right, exercise, things like that. You know, when I started that, you know, one of the, the big books I read, uh, was winning the food fight by yeah. Steve Willis. And I think that is, that was really great and really understanding the spiritual nature of food mm. and seeing it for how God designed it, you know? And then as I went along, uh, another great helpful book was uh, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, which yeah. is a dumb name for a book, I have to acknowledge, <laughs> but it's by Mike Matthews. But the information in the book is gold because yeah. it, it takes you through uh, everything about nutrition, supplements, exercise, all, all the facts, all the myths. It's all science-based. And so um, those things have really helped me. And you know, it's kind of focusing. I've never focused so much on... Uh, health as I have yeah. over the last year. So I feel like I have a good base. So I've kind of shifted gears away from that. But, you know, really a lot of what I've been reading has been in my uh, study. I've been doing uh, a study of First Samuel oh, yeah. and Second Samuel. It's really the life of David. And there's a great commentary uh, called Focus on, I believe it's Focus on the Word. Um, and I especially like Dale Ralph Davis's a commentary on first Samuel. Mm. I could literally sit down and just read it cover to cover. Yeah. You know, it's so well written. That's not normal for commentary. Yeah, yeah. not normal. It's so well written. It's so engaging. The mm. illustrations, the, the, um, teaching. And so I really like it's, it's a blue, uh, blue book. If you get a chance, um, to look at it, it's first Samuel by Dale, Dale, Dale Ralph Davis. Mm. And I think that's really encouraging. Um, last thing uh, I have found is uh, a book on Truman by David McCullough. 
and oh, that's the president, cool. President Truman. Yeah, okay. So, so how I found this book is I, I was going through a, uh, what do they call these places? Like a, not a thrift shop, but where people have booths set up like a, hmm. uh, yeah, like a vendor fair or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going through and my wife's looking at the decor and all the, all the things that are there. <laughs> I'm just like, let me look at the books. You yeah. know, let me see what books are there. You know, there's some sports cards that I was looking at and knives. Of That's, course, of you, course. you got to look at the knives. Got to look at knives. <laughs> but I'm looking through and I found this uh, big, thick uh, autobiography on Truman. That's yeah. Uh, and well, not is it autobiography or just regular biography? A biography. biography. If, if it's by somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, and it's a big thick book and, uh, it's on the life of Truman. I got it for $3. That's awesome. <laughs> so I took it on my vacation with me and was reading it and it, it is very interesting. I'm actually, I'm really, I've not heard you, like we have not talked about this yeah, yet. Truman, I'm surprised. Truman's life was very interesting. You know, he grew up in uh, Missouri as a, as a farmer primarily he did a lot of things. Yeah. I can't get into how, but, it, but he grew up primarily as a farmer until like his like, mid thirties. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm not to the part, I'm just now getting into the part where he's like a, like he's doing some soldier stuff during yeah. like world war one and stuff like that. And I haven't gotten into his political career yet, but man, it is, it is That's fascinating cool. to know like some things about his life because, you know, he was, he was instrumental in the end of world war two and sort of re after FDR engaging us in like, recovering from yeah. World War II, the Great Depression, all yeah. those types of things. So it's extremely interesting to to see these things yeah, and to read about them. It's cool to see that he was like a person based in reality before he came into politics. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, we think of him as president and right. now you get like a whole picture of like his life. Yeah. And so that's really neat. That's really cool. I, I think it's neat. And, you know, one of the things you were talking about, the, the health books, you know, it's like that's like... Uh, because I've been able to see this journey that you've been on and we've talked about these books and the things you're reading and, and, you know, for some people health is an idol. Um, but, but for, for believers, health needs to be one of the ways that you worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know? So, so you're just, you're just seeking a way to love the Lord. And it's been really cool to see that happen. So, and it's okay to like, and I know people, it's okay to get intensely focused on a topic for a period of time. Absolutely. And then you can kind of shift gears and move towards another topic. Right. So you're not being you're not being like vapid by focusing on reading about external health or right. whatever. No. It's it's focusing on that. That's okay. And then you can can get those good habits and things right. built into your life and then move on to studying or reading about other things. That's right. Because you're trying to incorporate knowledge into your life. Let the Holy Spirit turn that into wisdom right. that you then live out for the glory of God. What about you? What are you into? Yeah, so I've been reading um, some books uh, on purpose. Uh, one book that I just happened to come... Well, a couple books that I just came across, but one that I've known about for a long time. Um, so first I'll, I'll say I've been reading a, a book called the city of God, and this is a book by St. Augustine, um, written just after the fall of Rome. And so old book, big, big book. Um, it's where we get things like just war theory and all sorts of stuff that has, a, has changed. Honestly, this book has shaped the world for many, many years. And um, I've, I've tried to read this book in the past. It's just so big. It takes so long. So this is kind of one of those books I'll probably be in for a long time. And, um, but I'm reading it because of the, the way that Augustine is addressing Christians. 
um, you know, Christians and the, the, he calls them pagans, the unbelievers, you know, um, the Christians and the pagans and the way that people were basically blaming Christians for the fall of Rome. Mm -hmm. And he shows pagans and believers like how we need to live in this world together because he understands the idea of the city of God and the city of man. And so you have the city of God, which is, you know, God's people and his kingdom that cannot be thwarted by the city of man, no matter what happens politically. So there's a reason why I'm reading this, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Um, and so no matter what happens politically in the city of man, the city of God still stands. Um, well, it's interesting. This is a, That's a timeless uh, piece for any, any yes. uh, period of time where there has been government, you yes. know, and, and I think that's appropriate for our season and right. many other seasons people have lived through. And so, and That's so what I, makes it so timeless. Exactly. And so I want to read it because I, I want to understand, you know, what he was saying, you know, and, and see how I can better live my life in, in any situation, uh, any political scheme and, uh, and help others do the same thing. I'm, I'm reading another book by a guy named Carl Truman. Um, and so if you, you know, maybe people recognize that name. I don't know, but he he has done a lot of uh, scholarly work. Um, but it's called the rise and triumph of the modern self, and it's a it's a pretty new. I think it came out just this year, and um, it's essentially about how the he starts the book off with how is it possible for somebody to be able to say I am a woman trapped in a man's body. Wow. And the point is, 10 years ago, you couldn't have said that and made sense to anybody. But nowadays, everybody hears that and is like, oh, I hear that. You might not agree with it, but you can cognitively, you can understand what that person's saying because the world has changed so much in the way that we understand the self. And so he's really just looking at his, how did we come to this place? What were the things that were said and done that brought us to this place? And, and he does it. He's trying to be honest about the viewpoint of people who who think that way, and so sometimes as Christians we we use like um, straw man arguments where it's like not really what the the other side would actually say or believe, and and we can easily you know tear that argument down. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a real take, a real look at what the um, what people what you know, theologically progressive and liberal people actually believe yeah. so that we can engage it the lot, right way. Yeah. A lot of times we'll, or we'll, uh, say this issue is settled because it is theologically settled. It's black and white. And so we're like, well, I'm, I'm not going to talk. I, I'm settled. Right. I refuse to engage. Right. I don't want to talk about it, but, but that's not the right approach. Right. We know what we believe and we need to stick to that from God's word. But, but reading a book like that will help you to understand the thinking and the mindset that's right. to, Possibly, if if the Lord would have a family member or a church That's person or a friend, you could you could know kind of what they're thinking. And, and this has been vital for that, and even helping other other people, you know, just dealing with people who yeah. are living that That's way great. and thinking that way, you know, like how to engage them the right way. And then lastly, there's a book that I accidentally came across because in an article I saw um, the author had died. Um, his name's Rob Mall. He had died, or Mole. He had died in uh, like a hiking or a climbing accident, and um, something like that. Um, I'm, and so, what was interesting about it is his book is called "The Art of Dying," 
And so it was kind of um, sadly ironic that his book was about the art of dying and he had passed away in this way. And um, so I got the book and I started reading it and it's amazing because he's basically talking about how Christians throughout the centuries have thought about and treated death and how different that is nowadays and how for people nowadays we will go to any means and measure to keep somebody physically alive mm-hmm. um, because we are so terrified of death. And he basically is criti- kind of critiquing how almost like we have a lack of faith when it comes close to the end of our life because we will do anything in our power to avoid death. Wow. And um, and it's a little challenging. I'm, I don't agree with everything he says, but um, but for the most part, I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, I would have so much more freedom and power in my life if I didn't fear death the way uh, I kind of do just because of the culture we live in. We live in a culture that is terrified, terrified of death. And Christians, Christians have never been that way yeah. until recently. And, um, and it's just been amazing, you know, amazing to see very challenging and, and encouraging too. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading think of to live is die. And, uh, I mean, to, 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 live, to live is Christ. is Christ and to die is gain. Yes. Yeah, yes. Man. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. So it's good, good stuff. So we hope that you are reading something as well, listeners. And, and maybe these are, you know, got some a things good book, you could do. Share with us. Yeah. We always are looking for another book. <laughs> as There's we so both many have, books. As we both have giant stacks of books on our desk. <laughs> that we are read. quote reading. reading. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So let's talk about our next topic here. Let's talk about routines. You know, routine is... Uh, I believe routines are very important to life. Yeah. Uh, I also believe that we need to be balanced in our routines and we need to be uh, careful that we don't get so stuck in a routine. It's one of those things like we need good routines. We also can't be so stuck in them that we don't uh, allow for any sort of like change or allow God to do things or anything like that. One of the books that really helped me to unpack this is Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. And it's a little green book. And it's actually, it's pretty thin. The the subtitle is A Mercifully Short Book About a Really Big Problem. And so he wrote it intentionally. I mean, it's 100 100 and something pages. I mean, I read this in like one or two days. I mean, it wasn't very long. Just sitting down for a couple hours at a time. Yeah, I've skimmed. I've actually not read the whole thing. I've only like skimmed parts of it and things like that. So I I love DeYoung. I really need to read that book. Yeah, one of the main things is about building healthy rhythms into life. And so maybe it's not so much about routine, but it's about it's about rhythms that are balanced in uh, looking at your spiritual nature, your health, and then also like how you serve the Lord, how you work how you rest. Yeah. You know, all of those things are important. And if you get, if you veer towards one way or the other, you can get in trouble. For instance, if you veer towards a lot of rest for a long period of time, what's it turn into laziness? That's right. Or if you build, if you veer towards a lot of work for a long period of time, what is it? It's your workaholic. You you, you enter into that. There's a sinful mindset Mm -hmm. that goes along with that as well. Yeah. And it's funny how God has built into (laughs) our nature, um, you know, kind of checks and balances like you you will be unhealthy if all you do is rest all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, you will be unhealthy if all you do is work all the time Mm -hmm. you need both and it's crazy and so that's that's really important i i agree i think that routines are incredibly important not because they need to 
like be the Lord of your life, but because we are finite creatures, we cannot think. I know if I find myself, especially, I cannot think of all the things that I have to do. I need to have something that is a pattern that I naturally feel that, that, that I'm able to do without thinking. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm having to think about every detail of my life, I get overwhelmed. And so having a routine really just kind of puts into a pattern of something that I don't have to think about. It's just something I do. Yeah. And, um, and so that's really helpful. Um, I think it's super good for us, but it, it can be a trap. Um, because if, if you are so consumed by staying in your rut of a routine, then, then when God does lead you to do something outside of that, um, you might stay inside your comfort zone. Right. Or, or if you get so fixated on that routine and you, uh, end up, uh, say you forget something, you know, you always pack your lunch and you forget your lunch at home or right, right. something like that. You could end up getting angry because you're, you're oh, like, yeah. I'm so mad at yes. myself because I didn't do what I well, said. And so that, that means you're too fixated on that routine. If, if you can't allow yourself to make a mistake or if you can't allow a, a divine appointment to yeah, interrupt right. your day. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's like, and that's why I like what you said about rhythms. You know, rhythm is a better understanding because it's kind of like a drummer, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you're talking about rhythm, rhythm is a, you know, it's it's got a steady beat and it's just going and going and going. But in any song, if you pay attention to the musical instruments, they don't do the same thing throughout the entire song. That'd right. be a really, really boring song. The song, there's always fills for the drums. The drums do something crazy mm -hmm. and then come right back to the rhythm. And so, so there has to be room for crazy excitement yeah. there has to be room for that but then there has to be a rhythm that you come back to yeah so and and really i think there's no set routine i think that a good good elements of a good routine are things that would encourage uh pers good personal health yeah uh that's physical and mental health right um you know things that would help you to uh care for your family mm -hmm. spend time with your family uh, obviously working or right. whatever, you know, whatever aspect of that, whether it's paid or not paid, yeah. you know, there's an element of working in our lives and then, uh, resting, yeah. you know, there's a season of, of resting daily and, and weekly. Yeah. I, I think that's the way I kind of think through, but you kind of, you laid it out. And, and so I'm, I'm just thinking through the way I, I think I normally categorize the, the things in my day or my week, right? Or you can do this. We talk about it all the time, but when you think about it in your rhythm of life, you know, your relationship with God, mm -hmm. your relationship with family, uh, and your and your work, you know, yeah. your relationship with society. Um, what what parts of your life fit into those categories mm -hmm. and how do you plan them out through your day? How yeah. what are the rhythms mm -hmm. of your day that that are kind of flowing to meet those different categories. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about maybe our routines yeah. and maybe where we're at. And then that will help people to kind of see an example. Once right. again, this is just an example for yes. our lives. Your yeah. life may look completely different. Yeah. Uh, you know, I usually get up in the morning, uh, uh, four days a week, uh, right now, uh, pretty early mm -hmm. around 5 AM because I want to get to the gym. Yep. I'm usually to the gym by 5 15, 5 30, uh, on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Well, not Friday. I don't go that early on Friday, but anyway, um, that helps me start my day with that sort of 
that that boost in my physical health, but mm-hmm. that also helps with mental health. Yeah. There's so many studies that say exercise mm-hmm. doesn't have to be at a gym. It can be at home. It could be you take a morning walk yeah. or you uh, do a workout routine at home, whatever, yeah. some stretching, some yoga. You're doing something and that actually helps your mindset and your mood mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. Because yeah. folks, there's a connection between the physical and the mental and the emotional. All those things are tied together. Right. Yeah. So if you feel terrible physically, you're going to feel terrible emotionally yeah. as well yeah. and mentally. So I start out there, come home, eat breakfast. Uh, generally, I'm uh, doing something in the word, whether it's reading. Uh, I'll, recently, I've gotten into listening and mm, and reading. Yeah, it provides sometimes in the morning when I'm tired, I need the extra stimulus. Yep. So I'll get on the Bible app, and the dude will read it to me, and I'll follow along. Yep. So it's an auditory and a visual stimulus yep. I, for me. I suggest that a lot, actually. I know some people will do like listening to the word in their car because mm-hmm. they have a long commute or something like that, you yeah. know. But but I think it's good to have a, a daily something. It doesn't have to be super long, right? And then you can spend a, a few quiet moments in prayer, mm-hmm. in reflection, you know, getting ready for your day, yeah, you know. And then obviously, I'm most of the days I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Come home from work in the evening, late afternoon, evening, depending. Some of you know. It's hard to us for it to category an everyday routine because yeah. our days are, are so, so up in the air sometimes. Mm-hmm. We have evening meetings or evening Bible studies or whatever programs, things going on all the time. But but normally we like to try, our family tries to get together and eat, sit and eat dinner mm-hmm. uh, a few times a week. Yeah, And I think that's really good for our, our family's um, sort of well-being. Our, my kids... Uh, act like they hate it. I don't think they really do, but I ask questions about their day and about what's going on. Yeah. Sometimes they're grumpy. Sometimes, uh, they'll surprise me and like, just blah, you know, mm-hmm. open up and just talk about everything. But yeah. it's so fun because there are many times around the dinner table where we're laughing, we're yeah. having fun, we're talking about our day and, uh, it's just a good moment. And we, we try to linger as much as possible, yeah. you know, and not just, Eat, eat, I'm eat. done. Bye. Right. Mm-hmm. If the other kids are done, they know that they have to sit there right. until they're dismissed, until yeah. everybody's kind of done. So yeah. it's yeah. hard for my six-year-old. He struggles yeah. with that the most. <laughs> We're but. trying to teach our almost three-year-old that. Yeah. Right. But, you know, so that's kind of like a, a daily routine. You know, we spend time in the evenings together. We try to, uh, you know, and then I, I try to get to bed fairly you know, spend time with the wife when the kids go to bed, yeah. uh, watch a little TV or we'll listen to a podcast. Um, and then we try to get to bed fairly early, you know, when it's a, when I got to get up early the next morning because yeah. rest, rest is important. Yeah. So I do not stay up super late. Yeah. Um, you know, now if I don't have to get up early the next morning stay or if a it's later. a weekend, it can stay up a little bit later, but you know, finding those, those rhythms of, of spend, you know, you know, it's different when it comes to the weekend, you know, cause you're right. spending more family time maybe, or you've got chores around the house you've got to do, but you're always thinking in the back of your mind, I'm trying to balance things. I'm trying to think yep. through building this sort of rhythm of life. That's going to allow me to kind of accomplish all of these things during the week. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, my, my schedule is very similar. Um, my, I, I'm up pretty early on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's the days that I go in um, and to the gym. I do think that getting up for me, I know getting up early is just so good because, because of kind of what you said, I'm able to um, basically 
get my mind ready for the day. Right. Like that's a lot of what's going on is I'm just, I'm just really just kind of waking up. You know, I, I like to take a longer time to do that. So I like to get up early when I can. Um, and so sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm just tired and I don't get to do that, but I, I have, so Monday I sleep in a little bit more, um, because you know, Sundays are really long days. So I'll sleep in just a little bit more, but I, by a little bit more, I mean like six 30. And so I'm, you know, I'm still up really early and, and I get into the word and I'll read, um, and then I have, uh, you know, breakfast with my family and then I'm into work. And so then I'll come to work and I do, do my job here. And even in work, I have kind of rhythms. I have certain things that I have planned to do on certain days, um, because of the objectives that I need to meet throughout my week. And if I don't meet certain objectives on Monday, then it messes up my Wednesday and right. my Sunday. Right. So I try really hard to meet that. But even in that, I try to build in um, dead spaces of time because I know that I'm not going to be able to get everything right, done, right. yada, yada, yada. So then that's basically how the week goes. Each day has its own kind of like vibe or mm-hmm. feeling to it and a little bit of adjustment. But it's funny. Each day of the week is similar each time it comes around. And yeah. that, I think, is the point that we're making. Because, like, Saturdays are usually the the same sort of way. And I even have, like, weekly – so those weekly routines and rhythms. And I even have, like, the monthly routines and yeah. rhythms. Like, you know, go get a haircut. Well, what does that Saturday like look like? Well, I know what that Saturday looks like because I do it on a semi-regular basis. And so – but the point is all of these things are done – um, mostly on purpose. And even the, like I said, the dead space is given on purpose for the, for the point of being open to the Lord. Cause right. my routine is not my God. Yes. My routine is my tool to help me serve my God, my family, um, myself. Um, it's there for that purpose. Um, but it's not my God. Yeah, I think we so that's both, the point. We both love uh, routines and rhythms, you know, but we need to hold them loosely in our hands, mm-hmm. you know, because if something comes up, we need to be prepared to, uh, to adjust. Be, to yeah. adjust. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe a church member, something comes up in their life and you got to just go help. You got to you know, go. My wife is so good. And when I need to, to go and help somebody, she's yeah. like, go do it, yeah. take care of it. And she's so supportive of that. And so, it's not like she's like, oh, you're going to miss dinner. Or you're going to do this. Right, she's like, right. nope, you got to do it. Well, that's what's cool. Having routines that kind of interweave with your families. You right. Know? It's important. Right. And so, you know, you never know what God's going to bring into your life. So hold those plans loosely and, and don't get frustrated if your plans change. Yeah. You know, yeah. it may be, you know, you never know what kind of divine appointments God's going to set up. Ah, oh, you forgot your lunch that day. I'm going to run out quick and, and grab right. something. You may see somebody, a friend that, that has out, happened a and lot. you yeah. can encourage them or they can encourage you. That's you know what right. I mean? Just have routines, make plans, but, but just kind of hold them loosely. Yeah. Do you I, think with that? I think it's a great word and, and we just need to be reminded of that as we live out our lives. Um, and read this book, read the crazy, crazy busy. busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to try to read you that. Understand Add what that to we're, my list. that'll kind of give you more of a deeper understanding of what we're talking about. Yeah. So well, what's our last topic really quick. Um, I don't want to do too quickly cause it is an important topic, but you know, we recently celebrated the 20 year anniversary of, uh, I say celebrated. We, we commemorated. commemorated. Yeah, that's the better word of 9-11. Um, it's been 20 years. Blows that my is, mind. That's two-thirds of my life. Blows uh, my mind. And so, um, Brian, let's talk about things like where we were, how that changed 
the world and how we raise our kids in this world. Yeah. Now? So uh, it's crazy because I had gotten married August 18th, 2001. Wow. Yeah. And so we went, went on our honeymoon. It was the old like system of, you know, we, that was the last, I, I distinctly remember all of this because it was all, all that was happening. There were a lot of like core memories that were happening yes. right at that yeah. time. And so, you know, um, we, we got married, went on our honeymoon and went to your favorite place, went to Disney world for oh, our honeymoon. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. And, um, it was like the old like plane, you know, everyone could walk up to the gate, you know, you kind of threw your bag on, oh, there were wow. no restrictions. It was kind of like the wild west. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, so, you know, we got back from our honeymoon, we were settling into our regular sort of life, yeah. you know, uh, I worked at the bank. Christy worked at the library at the seminary. Mm. She had to be there early. So she was already at work. Um, I worked at a bank in a, inside of a grocery store, inside of a Kroger, a fifth third bank. And I didn't, they, we didn't open until 10. So I'd have to be there till like, I don't know, nine thirty nine forty five something like that. I get, a, I get out of the shower that morning and I turn on the TV. I always watched, uh, while I'm getting ready, I put on Regis and Kelly in the background. Mm, yeah. I love, I love me some Regis Phil, but <laughs> he's great. Uh, was great. And, um, I, uh, the, the, the news broadcast was on and one of the tra- uh, trade center towers was on fire and, yeah. Charlie Gibson, I think, was the um, was the newscaster at the time, and he was saying, you know, we we don't know what's happened. Uh, we think maybe a plane got messed up and they it accidentally crashed into the World Trade Center. And then right when we're watching live, the second plane hits the tower. I mean, I I'm watching it live because I'm I'm fixated, mesmerized on the TV. Like, what is going on? How does that happen? How does a plane accidentally hit? a building in the middle of a giant city, you know, we see the second plane hit and, and, and the newscasters like stunned silence. Like, I I don't know what, we don't know what's going on. This is, you know, they're like, this is terrible. What, you know, they're trying to get answers. They're trying to figure out what's going on. So I ended up having to go to work. I, I go to work and, um, the, um, president sends out a message, you know, we don't of the bank, you know, we don't know anything, continue to do your job. It was eerie because, um, the grocery store was, was so quiet that morning, Mm. that day. I mean, it was, you could hear a pin drop in the grocery store, which is, which is normally grocery stores are very, you know, hustle, bustle. Yeah. yeah, Hustle, bustle. And it was just, it was, it was eerie the Mm. whole day. And I didn't really grasp the gravity of it till kind of later in that day. And on, I, I, one of my jobs was to call customers whose checks had been returned. Like Mm -hmm. maybe their address, they changed, they didn't change their address with us or whatever. So I called this guy and said, Hey, Mr. So-and-so your, your checks got returned to our bank. Can I send them to a new address or do you want to come by and pick them up? He was on the phone. Do you, do you not realize what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Don't, yeah. don't call me. This is, this is nothing. This isn't important. And I'm like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not hearing all the stuff that's going on. And then yeah. they start talking about terrorist stuff and everything. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well I need to back off of some of those yeah. things. And you know, it was crazy because there for like weeks afterwards, there wasn't any like television shows. Yeah. There wasn't like everything stopped sports. I mean, this was literally a thing that stopped the entire world. We still had to go to work and we still had our jobs and things we were doing, but, but even while you're there, you're like not doing right. Right. Everyone was sort of like stunned for a really kind of period of time there until we kind of figured out what was happening. And then immediately 
after the, the cleanup, then we went into like the war, you know, the war in Afghanistan, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. So there was this whole like process of events that just, it felt like it was an eternity, but it was happening so quickly it, within a matter of weeks, really, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it just, it just, it really hit me and shocked me to my core. You know, I hear people talk about, right. um, I hear people talk about like my parents or grandparents talk about JFK yeah. and that kind of thing. And I never really had that experience until nine yeah. 11. Cause I vividly, I remember exactly where I was. Yeah. I remember that day. I mean, I remember so many things cause it, it really marked me in that season. Yeah. What about I, you? I remember, um, I don't remember. I, so I was 12. Um, I believe, yeah, I was 12. And so, um, it's hard. I don't, you know, the, the memories are a little different. Um, but I remember, so we went, so (laughs) funny thing about, uh, where I lived, the high school, there was one high school and it had a like cos, cos, cosmology, cosmo, what do you call that? Cosmetology. Yeah. Thank you. Cosmetology school. I always mess that word up. Cosmetology school. And so there were there were the girls there who would, you know, cut hair. And so here I am, this 12-year-old, and I thought it was awesome that these high school girls were cutting my hair. But anyways, uh, so I'm getting the super cheap haircut, and we're sitting there, and they had TVs on. And um, and all of a sudden, I see these things. I see the, the Trade Center um, on fire, and I see on the TV U.S the United States at war question mark. Mm. And so you were homeschooled at this time. I was homeschooled. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was homeschooled okay. at the time. And, um, and so I saw this and I, I grew up in Virginia. I'm surrounded by history. Okay. Mm. Um, I grew up surrounded by, uh, civil war, surrounded by revolutionary war, uh, battlefields, monuments. Mm-hmm. So I had this kind of in my background, in my mind. And now I see this U S at war. And I think to myself, um, okay, here we go. Like mm. here is, here is, here is the moment, mm. here is the thing that will be definitional for, for my lifetime, you know, or one of the things you think of the great depression and then the world war one and world war two. And, and like you said, JFK, these definitional things that people, and for those people, they lived through like, you know, 15 definitional things, yeah. uh, throughout history. And so, that was the the biggest one that we have experienced, I think, in my in my lifetime in our generation, and I recognized that. I realized it was gigantic, but I couldn't. But I was still only twelve, so I didn't fully grasp all the change that was going to come. Yeah. And so, you know, we were going to do a trip. We were planning a trip that fall. Um, so it was coming up in like a month or so. We were going to go to New York, and we were going to go oh. to the Statue of Liberty, and we were going to go up to Niagara Falls. We did end up going on that trip, but we did not go to New York City. And so I've never been to New York City, um, and um, and so I've never been able to experience the city before that. And uh, so I know it's a completely, you know, it is in many ways uh, a different world because of that event. Yeah, it was crazy in the immediate aftermath, the unity that people felt and yeah. like everyone was a little bit more uh caring and understanding and graceful towards each That's other. That's true. Uh and it's we, funny we were, how it, it brought into frame it, like the important things of life. When you see yes. when you see these men and women lose their lives in a horrific way, uh and just an evil, just you just evil, evil, yes. evil, just, just on display. That's, that's uh-huh. You're like, wow, some of the things that I thought were important in life are not, are not important. Yes. And so it really helped us to focus in on what is important in life 
and you know faith became very important the churches were packed yeah i remember the next sunday and the yeah. preceding sundays for a little bit our church was packed to the yeah. brim and many churches did that because people were looking for answers to try to make sense of all this right. yeah that's exactly right well i think you know this world we're still we're still kind of doing that in some ways i think you know some of the shock has worn obviously worn off after 20 years but but we still live in a different world from from then and i think after covid we we are going to be dealing with some of this too i don't think we've really this will be another like, that'll be another, another definitional life defining event yeah i think so and so we as parents christian parents have to think through and i think through how to raise our kids what what you said i think is, is a big part of this, the idea that there is evil. Mm. Um, I think we live in a world where it, it's amazing to me how people have forgotten that. Like, it, it blows my mind that people have forgotten that there is evil in the world and evil comes from people. Yeah. Like, well, t- terrorism was put on display in this, in 9-11. There had been terrorist attacks and other yeah. things before that, but not not in such a way where it was just full-on display. And so we see this pushed to the forefront of our, of our thing, and we're like, we're realizing there is an ideology in this world. Now, yeah. now listen, any religious ideology, and Christians yes. have done this, have done this, have done this too, yes. yeah. any ideology that imposes its will and itself on other people without uh, w- w- just in a merciless, uh, you do this or die kind right. of way is evil. Is evil. With, yes. and, and whether it's a so-called Christian, I say so-called Christian because yes. that's not a Christian. You know, people have done horrific things in the name of name. Jesus. Yeah. They're not really Christians. Uh, and so, but but these evil ideologies exist in our world. And we have to know that and understand that because they will not have a dialogue with you to talk about. Now I'm not saying every, right. I, listen, I'm not categorizing every Muslim, every is person that's Islamic of course not, in this, yeah. because there are so many that are, they, they want to live their lives. Yeah. They want to worship their God. They want to do their normal things. They're not bought into killing somebody that doesn't believe like they I believe. have Muslim friends and, and they have not killed me and I have not killed right. them. And it's because we're not, you know, it's because right. we're not. So I think I think way. one of the one of the hurtful things that happened on 9-11 is we were all anti-Islam, anti-Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. And for the Christian, we don't need to be anti any religion. We need to say, how can I how can I pray for them and win them to Christ? Yeah, it's the love your enemy. It's recognize it, this is the thing, and this can be a biblical balance topic. Being an enemy with somebody, recognizing, yes, we are enemies, at least ideologically. Mm-hmm. But also loving them. Right. That is uniquely Christian. That is uniquely Christian. This, uh, you know, you even see with the tolerance movement. Uh, tolerance has zero tolerance in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no love in in the tolerance movement. Uh, and so we as Christians are capable of disagreeing with people and loving them. Right. And so that's one of the big problems we had at that moment. And I hope that, you know, we are able, because I think we float back and forth. We go, we go extreme, you know, hate, hate enemy, and then extreme, there is no evil in the world. Right. And it's like, no, no, there is evil in the world. We do have ideological enemies. There are enemies to Christ mm-hmm. out, out there. And we can love our enemy. Right. And I think for our families, you know, I didn't have kids at the time g- going into that. So it would be interesting to talk to somebody that had children and yeah, how they dealt yeah, yeah. with that during that season. But I think I would have to acknowledge with my children what is happening in the world and yeah. let them know that there are there are evil people in this world. Yeah. 
And um, we need to not, we, we don't need to be afraid. We need to put our fe- our trust in the Lord and replace our fear with faith. I, I will say that's funny. I, I totally forgot about this, but this whole, this entire time, my dad was in, was a civilian working for the military oh, wow. and he worked in um, information agencies. Mm. And so there was a lot of stuff that he was busy for forever. Um, I remember that. And I, I forgot that until did he you said talked that. to you about and what's did, happening or so, how did you guys... so I was, yeah. So we talked a lot about it and I was able, and the great thing is I'm just so thankful for my parents because they had that humble, they knew they were able to say, you know, no, not every Muslim is like a terrorist, right? but there are terrorists mm-hmm. and this is what happened. And this was terrible. Mm-hmm. And so I was sobered by that. And yeah. so they didn't protect me. It wasn't like, no, no, there aren't any bad things in the world. It was, this was horrendous. Right. And they helped me. They, they helped me think through the truth rather than just extremely think one thing or the other. Yeah. So well, I think I'll it's a good opportunity for, for parents to talk to their children about evil, but then also the solution to evil. That's exactly right. And it's, it's the gospel. And I think we can tell people, listen, the answer to the world's ills and, and, and problems and all things, even when now, when we're in the middle of COVID, you know, we've had our children express uh, fear, you know, Uh, I don't want to get COVID, you know, whatever. And I've tried to tell them, listen, we trust in the Lord. You know, we, we obviously, there's a lot that, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. don't want to get started on a, on the big topic sure. here, but but whatever it is, whether it's nine eleven, whether it's COVID, whatever the season that we're in, that 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 we see we see the the sin nature yeah, on full display, evil, whether natural see, or sinful, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Then we need to say, hey, children, we trust in the Lord, yeah, and the gospel of Jesus reigns supreme over all of these things, and yeah. it brings me back to one of my favorite verses in in. Uh, Psalm 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Mm -hmm. The righteous men run into it and are safe. That's good. No matter what happens in this world, no matter where we find ourselves, we run back to the Lord because the name of our Lord is a fortress. That's right. And he will protect us, whether it's in this life or the next. That's right. We are with him and we are we are secure in that knowledge that we will be with him. Man, that's good. That's where we need to to wrap this up. Do not trust in men. Do not trust in the schemes of the world. Trust in the Lord your God, because he is a strong tower. That's awesome. Um, So let's try to live this out and do the best and run to our Lord for help as we do. And, uh, and let us be, you know, bastions of the gospel for whatever season we're in. That's right. Whether it's, whether we've got a crisis or not, we need to, we need to rally ourselves and say, it's about the gospel and the solution to any problem of evil of the sin nature is the gospel. That's right. Well, guys, thanks again for listening. Remember our, uh, series about the word is coming up next. And so we hope that you will stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next next time. time. <laughs> the zero zero boots. Um, yeah. So it's fall season. I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just like grasping for straws. <laughs> and then that comes out. At least we know where we stand. That's People, right. listeners, we talk and hang out all the way too much. Way too many times. I saw you this morning at the gym. I know. We've actually, like, we're acting like we've not been <laughs> filming and talking this whole time. It's been like hours we've been hanging out already today. Oh my gosh. Oh, right. it's the worst. We're going to get lunch? 